Good morning. Today our topic is boundaries build bridges. A boundary defines an area. It reveals its shape. I was thinking about when I first learned what my internal shape was, how, when I was learning about who I really am in this world and what I mean by that, when I was learning to discover what I stand for and what I value, when I started to get clear on that, when I started to get clear on what is important to me, that clarity helped me to define my shape. It helped me to be in this world with other people more easily. My clarity defined me and revealed my shape in such a way that it built bridges of understanding to other people. Because I was clear that kindness is important to me, I could depend on myself to show up as kindly as possible and then my behavior made it clear to others around me what I would stand for and what I wouldn't. I like to know where a person stands and how they got there. I like to know what is important to a person and why. I like to know what a person thinks. I do. Because I like to know their boundaries or their defining shape. I call that clarity, and, and it helps me to relate to them. A well-defined boundary isn't meant to keep me out. Well-defined boundaries help me to see a person and communicate with them. It took me a while for me to understand that having clear boundaries is not about shutting other people out of my life. Having clear boundaries is not about me shrinking into a tight space of comfort. It's about me getting clearer and clearer on who I am and what I am. So boundaries, I learned, is more about me and what I will and won't do. And those boundaries are based on what I hold in my heart as a value. I had to learn that boundaries are not about controlling you. They're about empowering me to be the best and most transparent, values-centered version of myself that I can be. I'm thinking of that phrase, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> and I'm learning, as we continue, we do learn all the time, I'm still learning how to stand for something. And currently in my life, that is a world that works for everyone. I'm, I'm learning how to stand for those values we read this morning. Spiritual living, integrity, love, and compassion. You know, when I was growing up, uh, I was not encouraged to stand for my personal values. I was taught to follow the values of the government. I was raised to not make a noise to keep my opinion to myself, to not question authority. 
boundaries were being set, but not by me. They were being set for me by other people. So they were a different kind of boundary, not a boundary that defined my shape in my inner world so that the world could see me. Rather, the boundaries that were being put on me were more like a thought prison. There were boundaries that were intended to keep me docile and compliant. And it's taken me years and years to unlearn that. And to redefine myself based on what is in my heart, my spiritual center. And one of the boundaries that was forced upon me, and I hear it a lot today right here in our world, is to draw a strong and strict separation between spiritual life and the rest of life. I did not realize at the time that that boundary was created to control me, to stop my spiritual values from coming out and influencing my decisions. Don't talk about your spirituality. Those boundaries were intended to prevent me from questioning politicians Questioning authority to keep me obedient, even in the face of unjust laws, which it turns out is just the opposite of what I want. I want my spiritual experience to influence my voting. I want that. I want my spiritual experience to guide me in my conversation, so that compassion and integrity come out when I'm talking about things that are important to me. I want my spiritual values to influence me to think about what other people are going through and to have empathy for their experience and to cause me to match my actions to my words and to what is in my heart and to what I say I believe. But I can't do that if there is a boundary that separates the most important part of my life, my spirituality, from all the other important parts of my life. If my spirituality is kept separate, then I, I must ask, what is guiding me when it comes time to respond to social issues? What guides me when it comes time to invest, to purchase, to donate? What is guiding me when it comes time to protect the vulnerable? What is my North Star? The novelist and war correspondent Martha Gellhorn, who was... Um, well, she had a strong distrust for politicians and she had a passion for the oppressed. She wrote, People often say with pride, I'm not interested in politics. They might as well say, I'm not interested in my standard of living, my health, my job, my rights, my freedoms, my future, or anybody's future. I think I understand what she might be saying that it's 
all connected. I certainly can't see a way to separate spirituality from any of it. I can't see a way to separate spirituality from life, from health care, from human rights, from freedom, from the future of our world. And I don't want to separate it. I want to take down any boundaries there may be between my spiritual life and my civic responsibilities. I want to think about the social and political forces that are influencing and shaping my freedom. And I want to bring my spiritual understanding of the unity of all life into those conversations so that when I vote and when I invest and when I act and when I purchase, those in power will know that I do so in alignment with that higher power that is in all of us so that my choices for freedom will be not just for me, and here's the difficult part, they will be for everyone. For example, when a small, marginalized, powerless group is being targeted and stripped of rights and freedom, as they are right now in our nation, it does no good for me to say, I don't mix politics and spirituality. (laughs) And if I insist that I will not mix the two, then surely I've got to ask myself the important question, What am I going to lean on then for guidance? What will I use to form my opinion when it comes to politics? What will I say when books are banned? When synagogues are defaced? When people are oppressed? When history is rewritten? When critical thinking is discouraged? What will I be influenced by when I decide to speak up? Where will I find the courage to say what must be to say, if not in my spirituality? Will I let politicians shape my thinking? Or will I, through the power of the living spirit within me, bring into this world its message of unity, love, integrity, inclusion, and compassion and influence the politicians who serve me. And influencing them to me means to be clear about what my boundaries are and what is important to me in my heart and giving voice to it so that it may be known in the world. You know, right now in our world, things are happening that could benefit from an infusion of spiritual light and integrity and loving kindness. I can name a few. You probably have your own list. Reproductive rights are under assault. Same-gender marriage is under assault. The ability to speak about racism is under assault. 
transgender rights is under assault. Books and intellectualism is being condemned. Anti-Semitism, hate crimes on the rise in our nation. History is being rewritten, whitewashed. I can't in good conscience say I will not speak about these things. Especially when scripture is already being used to justify some of it. As it has been to justify slavery. To justify discrimination against women as it has and is being used to vilify LGBTQ community, all the while ignoring the message of Christ Jesus, which I understand to be, love your neighbor and your enemy, welcome the stranger, defend the oppressed, support justice for the common good, and most importantly, put the divine first and conform all of my actions and choices and decisions to its holy, wholesome nature, which is love, inclusion, presence, creativity, and joy. Which, by the way, is the same message we learn at the Center for Spiritual Living. And I don't want to ignore that message. I don't want to ignore the message of the unity of all life when I am active in the world or thinking about politics or considering human rights. I have learned at the Center for Spiritual Living that all people are my spiritual family because of the sacred life that we share in common, whether I like them or not whether I agree with them or not. And, and so it is that I get to work that out. And I must use my spiritual values to guide that working out of the dissonance. <laughs> Nobody said it was easy. <laughs> and I learned at the Center for Spiritual Living that my mind, like your mind, is creative. And that it can be used to align my worldly actions, align it with what lives in my heart when I listen to it. But I can't do that if I build a border around my spiritual life and keep it separate from everything else that is happening. Because... <laughs> Maybe I don't want to think about other people right now because maybe I feel like I'm safe. But history will tell us that once oppression is emboldened and permitted, everyone is potentially next on the list. The boundary I want to make well, it's not to separate. It's more like a crystal clear statement of what motivates me. And for me to be so clear about it, 
that it invites others into conversation about it. And to be so clear about it that it guides me in my life. To be so clear about it that I stand for it and to stand for it so well that I won't fall for something else that isn't in my heart. I'll do that if I separate my heart, my spirituality from everything else. And that is the reason why I so dearly love the global vision statement that we heard a part of this morning. That vision that is the motivation, the motivating vision for our entire organization. And in summary, it says, we see a world that works for everyone, where all life is honored as expressions of the divine, where people live according to spiritual truth, where unity and connection is emphasized, where humanity awakens to its spiritual magnificence, where humanity rediscovers personal creative power, where we live together as one global family, where kinship with all life prospers, where spiritual guidance is valued, where we are called to conscious social action, where people have enough food and homes and a sense of belonging, where forgiveness is the norm, where there is peace and harmony and justice for all, and where there is a renewed emphasis on beauty and nature, creativity and arts and aesthetics and books, where resources are valued and cared for and where communities are meaningfully involved in service to the world. When, when I root myself in that vision, when I strive to live in that vision, it gives me the courage to face the world and its issues because standing at that vision, I can ask myself, is this point of view that I have, if it's about same-gender marriage or climate wellness or reproductive rights or critical race theory or drag queens or whatever it is, is this point of view I have consistent with the aspirations of the global vision? Is what I am supporting in my thinking in sync with the spiritual values I say are important to me, integrity, love, and compassion, so that if somebody should say to me, let's remove any reference to Rosa Parks' race in our textbook for our children, I can say with confidence to them, no, no. That is not within my boundary. That is not within my vision. I can say from my spiritual perspective, no. Would you like, I can ask them, would you like to know what is important to me from my spiritual conviction and why I can't go along with it? And not everybody will want to hear it, but it's important for me to be clear and say it. Not to hide it. And yes, I do want to talk about it to the people in my community and in my family and in leadership. I also want to know from the people in my life, how do you interpret a world that works for everyone when it comes to these issues? How do you see love and compassion in this situation? How does your spiritual conviction 
play into this and that? And most importantly, in what way does this politician that you support reflect your spiritual heart and soul? That is how I want to have good boundaries. I want to have a vision so clearly defined in me that it will not lead me into temptation. It will not lead me into having disdain or disregard for human rights. That it will not lead me to identify those who are different as enemies. That it will not lead me to support rampant sexism. That it will not lead me to have disdain or disregard for intellectualism and the arts and poetry and music. And I also don't want to get so stuck in that vision that I don't grow, that my understanding doesn't grow, that I don't shift and change with the world and my place in it because there is nothing more frightening to me than being trapped in a spiritual dogma that cannot grow and change. I'm scared of that. The Zen story, my abbreviated version of students who go to have a discussion with their teacher and as they're talking on and on and on, the time comes for tea and the master begins to pour tea into the first cup and he just keeps on pouring and keeps on pouring until it's flowing over and pouring out on the table until one of the students says, teacher, there's no more room in the cup and the, t the teacher says, yes, that's very observant, it's very similar to your case. I can't pour anything more into it because it's already full. <laughs> I want to be careful of that. And so this story stands as a reminder to me for me to challenge my boundaries and to maybe expand them. And I know already I can do that by listening, to, listening to people who don't share the same vision and to listen to them with a heart to understanding what is important to them. And to get comfortable with disagreement. And to let my voting voice determine the direction. But not to be silent and invisible when a rising tide of oppression is on a distant shore. I can challenge my boundaries. I don't always want to. I can challenge them by hanging out with and communicating with groups I tend not to hang out with and agree with. Ugh. I can challenge my boundaries by reading something that represents an opposing opinion and, and listening to the point of view and the values of those who think vastly differently. Because I, 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 for me, I have to do it. 
Because when I don't stay open to learning and growing, when I avoid talking about anything I disagree with, anything that makes me uncomfortable, when I stick only with those people who have the exact same opinion as me, that's when my boundaries may become barriers to keep people out and away and to keep me stuck in my comfort zone. I have to watch my tendency to do that. That's on me. <laughs> Today's topic is boundaries build bridges. And so I invite you to think about boundaries as the clarity you can develop about who you are, what is important to you, and what values, spiritual values, live in your heart. And I invite you to think of that clarity you have not as a wall to block out the world, but rather as your announcement about what you stand for. An announcement that is an invitation for others to understand where you're coming from and how your spiritual conviction is what is shaping you. I invite you to take a breath in and to exhale into a moment of spiritual practice. And even though I say these words in the first person, I invite you to identify with them in your own way and on your own terms. There is one life, as we heard in the opening prayer, one presence, a mind that creates, that is in and through all creation, pervasive, persistent, eternal, immortal, that I am part of, that we are part of. I realize, therefore, that my mind is active within this creative mind, that my thoughts are born within its spiritual law, and that that which I choose through the agency that is mine is similar to planting seeds that yield growth and direction. And so today, in my own mind, I program courage, resiliency, openness, communication, and every good thing, even those that I cannot yet imagine that cause me to take my place in the community of beings in the world as an agent for wholeness. And so I declare through this prayer my willingness to learn and to be moved through the power of the Holy Spirit within me to know what is mine to know and to do what is mine to do and to find the boldness of heart to announce that which is currently spiritually true for me so that I may clearly communicate what is valuable in my heart. I give thanks for this awareness and in advance of everything that comes as a result of this prayer, I celebrate and I release this word with a sense of thanksgiving into that spiritual law that, so to speak, is always listening and making it so. And I do that by saying with you, and so it is. <laughs>